Hi, welcome to another episode of No BS with Sarah and Briar. This is Sarah. And this is Briar. So today we're going to talk about relationships with borderline personality and alcoholism. Yeah, kind of a mixture of both. Kind of a mixture of both, yeah, because I've had some that have just like strictly um, taken the brunt of my borderline and some that have taken uh, both. <laughs> and, and with alcohol mixed with BPD, it's just a, um, a potion for disaster, no matter how you look at it, honestly. Totally. And that's the way my husband took me. So that's how you know he's a real one. But yeah, and he, yeah. But you guys, <laughs> you guys are working on things. You know, you're not staying in your toxic old past ways. Yeah. And today was a great example. Today was a great I'm so example. proud of you. Dude, I was like almost hearing him. I was like, I was so proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so for a little hindsight, um, my husband and I had like a small disagreement. Um whenever Briar was coming to pick me up, but I didn't like the way that he was communicating toward me. I felt like he was being passive aggressive, which I start to rage after. I start to feel the blinding rage. And so I like get in the car and I'm like, oh my God, like, give me a second. I just got to call him and cuss him the fuck out. And she's like, don't do that. Like that's what our like podcast episode's about today. I'm <laughs> I like, like we, we I know. know. I'm not actually going to cuss him out, but like the old me would have. And as soon as yeah. he answered, like, we just talked and I was communicating to him that this is the way I felt he was coming across and then questioning, like, why this and that. By the end of it, there was no yelling. There was no cursing. Mm -hmm. And we just had a conversation about why we were both speaking to each other the way that we did. And um, then, you know, we apologized and just ended with, like, I love you. I love it. And that was it. And it didn't ever used to be that way. It no. was it was always like, let me tell you what I really think, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> and it actually wasn't what I really thought. It was just insane, mean stuff. Yes. And like it's so funny because we're gonna talk about some of um from Borderline to Beautiful's podcast Rose by, by Rose Skeeters. And literally, like that entire example is exactly what I was like listening to and like writing down. Cause in the beginning she's like, get a pen and paper. You have to write this shit down on. And I just saw it. Like I saw it unfold exactly how I want to be in a relationship. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, damn, like you guys have come so far. And like, and you know that I like know like all of those personal business, but like, you know, I know some stuff from my best friend. Totally. But I was just really, really proud that you guys both, like you had a disagreement. You talked it out like normal like normal adults, not, yeah. not BPD episode reaction rage and said, I love you. And then it was over and it was fixed. Yeah. I was just like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. Usually like I could never. And so I'm like, okay, like that's like that. I need to remember that example whenever I do ever, if I ever get into a relationship, you will. Yeah, well, we'll see. You that's, will. Not, that's not my main priority. I but. know, but eventually you will. <laughs> yes. And just remember that like it's, it's a temporary problem and yeah. you don't need to like hold on to, cause like those memories are forever. Yeah, I'll never forget like the times that I've been like, oh my gosh, like kicking him out of my house because I was mad about yeah. something ridiculous yeah. where we could have just talked, Yeah, but I'm in like a drunken or BPD the episode, episode yeah. just like kicking you out. 
and go fuck yourself and go move in with blah, 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 blah. Just and this blind that, like, rage reaction. Blind rage reaction. Over mm-hmm. the most minuscule thing that just escalates because Our like we talked about, out. that rage feels good to let out. Oh, yeah. It's like that doctor so and then I can't and stop. Mr. Hyde for yeah. sure. Okay, so go ahead and start with your list, and we'll kind okay. of give some of our examples. Exactly. So, um, again, from Borderline to Beautiful by Rose Keeters on Spotify. Really, really, really good podcast. Um, listen to these two episodes that really resonated and kind of felt attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, Miss Rose Keeters, I need you to lower your voice, ma'am, because, like, ouch. Anyways, yeah. the first one is um, episode Anger and Rage Part 2. Um, and then it talks about three parts to anger management. The first one is dialing back the anger we experience, which as we both know is really, really hard to do. Yeah. The second one is recognizing inappropriate behaviors. Three is replacing the inappropriate behaviors with appropriate ones. Right. And for me, like when I do have those episodes, it, I don't recognize it because I am blinded by my rage and I don't realize like, you look like a psychotic bitch because I'm being a psychotic bitch. Right. And it's just like, woof. <laughs> yeah. And it really doesn't matter what the fight's about. Like, if it is something that's horrible. Like, my first relationship yeah. was really, really toxic. Like, yeah. he cheated on me all of the time, and he was no good for me. He basically, yeah. like, pressured me into, like, being his girlfriend in the first place. And then I got, like, emotionally attached to him. Yeah. But like a trauma bond almost. Yes, it absolutely was a trauma bond. And I like whenever he left me after two years, I thought I was going to die. That's the first time I used substances out of sadness. Yeah. And like, but no matter what he did, like the cheating and the lying and yada yada yada, like, yeah, he deserved to have like been like maybe like cussed out and like get the fuck out, but then that's it. But I wouldn't do that. Like I would cuss him out and like hit him even. Like I was, yeah. I was definitely physically violent towards him, but I didn't want him to leave. He had to stay yeah. and to stay in. It's like, you're going to stay here until I feel better until yes. until my rage is gone. And yeah. it's like, you're going to feel how I feel. And that's, that's it. You exactly. don't get to have, you don't, you don't get away from me. Cause you did this to me. Now you're going to feel how, how it feels. Absolutely. So it like at the end of like, no matter what he had done to me, I was the crazy one in the relationship. Yep. Been there. Yep. And it's like partially, yes, there have been moments like I am being crazy, but it's also when you're in, and I'm glad you brought up like that you were physically violent too. Um, because in my abusive relationship, which is now actually I probably shouldn't say that due to legality reasons. But with a, I was in an abusive relationship for two years, physical, physically abusive, and I had never, never, ever in my life had hit any of my exes. Even in the biggest blowout fights, I never was violent. I just wasn't who I was. But when I was 24-7 surrounded by that hate and that anger and that violence, it slowly started, honestly, to just poison my mind yeah. and, like, my emotions to where it became okay that I reciprocated that same exact abusive behavior toward him. Yeah. And like, obviously there does come a point where like, I'm not going to be a doormat. Like you can only pick me up and throw me on my hardwood floor so many times before I'm going to stick up for myself. Totally. But then there were times where I would like, he would do something 
And it was very rare that we had a good day. Like very rare. We would fight probably three, four times a day, like very toxic, dear God. Um, but there would be times like he would do something and I just didn't like how he did it. And I would go into blind rage, anger, and like start belittling him and like screaming and cussing and saying all these like hateful things. And like, it gave me this sense of like power over him. Yeah. And now I look back and that's terrifying. It's like that, that's almost like what like a dictator does. Essentially. It's like, I have this power over you and I made you feel this way. And it made me feel good that you felt lower person. Totally. And during that, that's when I started going to therapy for real, for real. Yeah. Is when we were together, we went to relations, like uh, couples counseling and then individual and that's really when I started like learning about like my depression, my anxiety. At this point, we didn't really go into like BPD or bipolar, but it was definitely like been brought up that there was like issues with that. And now knowing what I have and like diagnosis and like the root causes of everything, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. And ever since then, I've only ever hit one other boyfriend and that was my ex-fiance and we were drunk and, but he was like way more drunk than I was. And he started like yelling and like, I don't even remember what it was about. And he like kind of did like that bow up where you like flex on somebody, like yeah. you gotta hit him. And it scared me. I didn't even close this. him. I just slapped him. Right. And then it turned around to where I was the fucking crazy bitch. Like I was the insane one. And it was like this trauma response, like this PTSD response that just came out of nowhere for me. Right. And I couldn't like, it was like, I couldn't control that anger. Yeah. And it was, it was scary to me because I'd never been like that since before or since then until that. Totally. Totally. And like, I'm definitely not proud and I won't make any excuses for it. No. Um, but I'm just going to be real about, you know, what I did. So this is no BS. Yes. I no. used to hit the shit out of my first boyfriend. Yep. I was a teenager and it was just like, I never really saw a great example of love growing up besides my grandparents. But like, you know, I was mm. with like my mom and my stepdad and they were not good. And it was, I'd be willing to take him back, but I fucking hated him oh, yeah. for the pain that he would inflict on me. So then I would inflict physical pain upon him. And, uh, yeah, but to we just kept going back to each other for two years. And then finally he up and left me because he was tired of me constantly being crazy because now I have like severe trust issues with him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As anybody would. But I I didn't have the strength or the self-worth to just leave him as I should have because I have this like really low self-esteem and then I'm just like, yeah, that's like my boyfriend and I'm like stuck on him. Like literally thought I'd die if he left. It's like, it's like this obsession, like this uncontrollable obsession and almost like an, actually it's not even an obsession. It's like an addiction. It is. It's an addiction. And it's so crazy that like, you know, at least like alcohol makes you feel good. Drugs make you feel good. This one makes you feel like shit, but I'm addicted to it. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why, why should I want that? Definitely an addiction because it's like, we didn't even like each other anymore. There was yeah. no pleasant moments anymore. Yeah. And also like the violence and stuff. It's, you know, we talked about, like, the rage feeling good. Well, the violence felt good, too, Mm -hmm. because I know even, like, now, you know, as much as, like, I I, I am working on myself, and I am so, so much better, but whenever I feel that rage, it feels good to hurt something, Uh whether that's a person, myself, or I'm, like, breaking something, and then it feels so fucking stupid afterward, and then I'm upset with myself, but, like, I've definitely learned to um, 
not dial it back a little bit. <laughs> not yeah, to not just like hurt people. Exactly. And that's it's really hard with BPD because like you said, it does feel so fucking good. And it, it makes it sound makes me and Sarah sound psychotic. And like we're I promise we're like not that crazy. Like it's unfortunately it is BPD. But moving forward with 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 that, it's like it talks about like we don't want to let BPD control us or right. be the excuse. And that's what like this whole journey with us is, is recovering from BPD and not letting it dictate our lives. Absolutely. Um, and let's see here. Like I have BPD deal with it. Exactly. And that's exactly what it says in the episode. Oh my God. You're like moving way ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're so far ahead on me. So um, again, with this, um, we're still on the anger and rage part two from uh, borderline to beautiful. Um, it talks, she talks about, you know, like in relationships, your anger can go from zero to 60 and you say mean, ugly things that you don't mean. Um, once you guys reconcile, you know, the person with BPD is like, okay, we're fine. Like the, like the, the anger, the blow up is like gone. Like it's, we're fine. And it's like, we pretend like it never happened. But then the person that was on the reciprocating end, they stay in that pain. They stay in that trauma. They don't just forget it like we do because their brains aren't you know, reaction BPD brains. They, right. they have, you know, a different kind of cognitive to where it's like, no, that fucking hurt me. I'm still hurting and I'm not okay with what you did. And it's, and it's not okay. But for us, when the rage episode is gone, we're golden. We're Gucci. We, you know, we're like high five people. Like, it's like, okay. Like at what point do we, I guess, kind of, where am I trying to go with this? It's like, at what point do we realize that it's just, it doesn't just go away. It doesn't right. go away. From, it never like, goes away. It doesn't. It stays, it mars your relationship every time. Absolutely. And I remember my mother actually telling me, like, no matter what you feel towards someone, um, like your significant other, never, ever talk about their physical appearance because I'll never forget it yeah. forever. And I, I did that one time to my very first boyfriend yeah. and he was like the worst one of them all. But like <laughs> finally, like they're towards the end, like, you know, still cheating, thought he got a girl pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I made a comment about his physical appearance. Yeah. And I, I still think about that now at 30 years old. And I feel kind of bad that I told him that. It's like, girl, you should have just left him a long ass time ago. But those, at that time, like we're so young, we don't know. We also weren't diagnosed. We weren't doing the healthy things that we're doing now. Right. And when you're not, when your body and internal like self isn't healthy, your outward reaction and your brain and everything else, everything that comes out of you is also not healthy. And you don't do the things that you need to do because your brain's not functioning correctly. You're, yeah. you know, the serotonin is depleted in your body because you've done drugs or, or the alcohol, you're drunk all the time. And so you have no cognitive of what's happening around you. Definitely. And again, not to make an excuse, but these are, you know, valid things that go into it. For sure. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. What's not an excuse, but it was like my reason. Exactly. It's, it's, we validate the reason of why we did it. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely, you know, sometimes I still struggle with me validating how I reacted in certain relationships. And the two ones I'll probably mostly talk about is my ex-fiance and then my abusive, honestly, throughout this episode. Like, those are the two, I feel like, the most truly, truly, truly significant relationships that I've ever been in. I've been in a lot because whatever, I'm an idiot. But those are the two that I feel like really definitely like, changed a lot in me for good and bad. And in the, t- like, in the relationship, it was bad. 
and getting out of it, it's like, oh, okay, I, I don't, it's not good. I'm right. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Like my first really, I'll talk about three because I've only been in yeah. actually three. I've had several situationships. Yeah. Um, but my first boyfriend was when I was a teenager and that was, uh, it, there really wasn't any alcoholism involved. That was just like pure PP, BPD. And yeah. then the second one was a little mix of both, yeah. but mainly BPD. And then the third one who married me, <laughs> uh, he got dog. the biggest mix of both. Yeah. But he also got the mix of me trying to heal, which is amazing. I think that's important to also, especially with like, you know, it's your husband, you guys are lifelong partners and to see that your partner recognizes their faults in like recognizes their faults, but doesn't just make excuses and just continues on with the same like actions, but actually looks inwardly and is like, okay, I don't want to be like this for myself. And I also don't want to be like this for you and make changes. I think that's why Chris is so supportive and Chris is so, am I supposed to say his name? I'm oh, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. My husband's name is Chris. <laughs> that's my okay. bad. I didn't know. Confidentiality. No, you're all good. <laughs> but like, I feel like Chris sees that and that's, and he's like, he's helped you. Yeah. He's helping you. I feel like if you weren't the help there and the support wouldn't be there. Absolutely. And I know that he appreciates it and he's also working on himself too. Everybody's oh, working yeah. on himself. He's Everybody has worked so on himself. much since I've met him. You yeah. Know? And like, nobody's perfect. Like, and if you can find a partner that is willing to work on themselves with you and like go on that like self-love and like healing journey, dude, I think that's very rare. Yeah. Truly, truly. I think it's rare. So it's awesome. I don't have it. Um, okay. So we're going to kind of continue. This is still the same episode. Um, three anger truths. One, I have the ability to control my anger Two, poor anger management hurts the people I love and has lasting negative consequences. Three, inappropriate behavior that I engage in is a result of things I have learned and I need to stop practicing. And we've kind of already touched base on that, but I yeah. just want to do the three points. And it's true. Like my, my parents, I grew up in a home of not necessarily violence, but constant stress and strife and screaming. Yeah. Same. And as an adult, I look back at that and I look at my relationships and my real serious ones. And the biggest, the biggest thing that I regret in a lot of my relationships is the moment that we start to fight, like moving forward. I don't ever want to start fighting with my person. Right. Like I don't want to start arguing or nitpicking. And, but that's all I know. That's all I've known my entire life. And like, I just recently went through a situation with my parents where big blowout screaming fight, like ugly words were said. I said some hateful things to my dad that I knew were, was going to hurt him. Yeah. And again, like I'm not perfect. Like I'm still working on it, but I was triggered and I just let it flow out of my mouth. Just like word vomit. And my parents and I are still, all three of us are healing from that fight. And we're, I think at this point, my parents kind of understand, like, I'm no longer going to be a part of this. I am now, I'm a big kid and I can protect myself from that. And I don't want to be surrounded by that anger anymore. I don't want to be surrounded by that hatred. And I am trying to make a conscious choice for my life and like for my future husband that I am not going to have that in my relationship. I'm, I'm not going to be, and I, I love my parents and they love each other. They just haven't grown in that area and they need to, but I right. don't, I don't want to be that way toward my husband. That's another reason right. why like, I don't want to be in a relationship because I have not healed to where I feel comfortable 
being in one yet, you know? Right. Because that anger is like so impulsive sometimes. And it still is. Even though yeah. like, I'm medicated, it helps. It kind of helps like tone it down. But it's still, it's a sneaky little snake and it still slips through sometimes. Absolutely. I went through something like that with my mother um, just a few months ago. Yeah. And no matter like how I felt about it in that moment, I was just like word vomiting Mm -hmm. mean stuff. Yeah. And like I talked about before, not wanting to uh, like have that like hatred in my heart or leave relationships, any of them. Um, on a bad note like that. Like, it doesn't matter if you need to distance yourself or change something about it. I don't want my last words to her to be like this ugly, horrible shit. And then that's it. And then we never talk again. Like that's something happens. And exactly. And that's the last thing I ever like said to them. So I finally just like built up some courage and told her like, look, I apologize for the things that I said. Mm-hmm. Here's the place where it was stemming from, but I was still out of line to speak to you that way. Dude, that's and, awesome. That's yeah. Like, that's really big of you as a person, honestly. Thank you. It's always hard to say you're sorry, especially in times when it's like you didn't start the fight or you weren't really the issue. And that's one thing I really have I've had to learn is – you know, again, I think I've said it in an episode before, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Absolutely. And there's been so many times, like, I, like, my abusive ex, like, I had, I had to forgive him because if I didn't forgive him for what he did to me, I would have never healed. And I'm still healing, but I would have never, I would have never healed and become this stronger person that is not willing to allow things like that to happen. And even with my ex-fiance, I'm still forgiving him. I'm still, and this has been three, four years now, 2020, so three years, I'm still hurt and I'm still trying to forgive him. And I'm trying to forgive myself because I did some shitty things to him and I knew that I was doing it and I made, I just, oh, I have BPD, I have BPD. And it's just like, I don't want that to be my excuse by any means, you know? Exactly. But... It's definitely like a reason behind a lot of thought patterns. Oh, yeah. But it's not a reason to take action on them. Exactly. Just like the immediate reaction. Exactly. What else we got? Okay. So there's another episode by hers called Love and Arguing. And there's three main topics. I know. These like, these were so good. I was like, oh, my God. So there's three main topics. So one is unconditional love. Um, And it talks about like, a lot of her clients, because she um, she is a therapist or a counselor, excuse me, she's a counselor, that a lot of, like, her patients say that they received conditional love. So very, just, like, very basic, but never unconditional love. And she talks about not, like, as a child, not receiving unconditional love can develop into, you know, older age of expecting less than what you deserve, especially in relationships. Oh, yeah. That, like well, this is all I was given as a kid. So that's all I deserve. Um, she talks about conditional love, um, people that do conditional love, especially like if it's like the other person, not the person with BPD, but the BPD person does something, the partner will take away their love from you or like leaves you alone because of like unrealistic, like expectations from you. And even parents can do that to like children as well. you know, like overreacting to a glass. This is one of the examples she gives. It's like you spilt milk as a kid and your dad blows up and just beats your ass for it. And it's so 
Like it's that kind of reaction is not necessary for something so little. Absolutely. And I, in that conditional love with BPD people starts to develop in our, in our relationships as adults of, um, you're going to leave me. And when they do those actions, oh my God, they don't love me anymore. I'm, I, it's like, oh, it's all my fault, even though they may have a role in it, but it's, it's like that you're going to leave me. I'm going to be alone forever. Yeah. Oh my God. And it just, it's tumultuous. It's very detrimental for yeah. people like us. Absolutely. And like, I definitely like my, my ex fiance, he would do that to me. Like he would. I mean, he definitely gaslighted me. And I know like, a lot of people are like, oh, gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. And it might have well, like, lost its intensity and like it, like the meaning of it. But I really was gaslit by him and my my ex-roommate. Yeah. And like would, would do these things to me and then just would, would leave me alone and wouldn't talk to me. And it would make me go crazy. Like I severe depressive episodes. Yeah. I wouldn't shower. I wouldn't eat. Like I would literally starve myself for days Yeah, because I was addicted and I just didn't understand. But he, anyway, I digress. It was just toxic. Totally. The second topic is arguing in a relationship. And she's, and this is where a lot of my relationship issues stem from. It's just arguing. Like I'm just, I'm a fighter because yeah. of what I grew up with. Um, she talks about how to avoid unnecessary arguing and to work on being a good partner and not to argue for the sake of being right. Yeah. Um, she also goes into like, are you the partner when you're arguing and you know, you're right. You start to Google things to be right, to prove the other partner, what you are saying is right oh at the expense of your partner. Uh -huh. I've never felt more attacked via podcast in my entire yeah. life because I am that person. I'm like, so we're arguing. I'm like, okay, Google. Okay, Google. And it's like, Oh, there's my Google. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, it's like, I hate, Shut up, Google. I hate being told that I'm wrong, especially on topics that I know I'm right on. Right. I guess it's more, it's not the fact that I'm right. It's the fact that my partner is belittling me and that I feel like my intelligence and knowledge is like being downgraded. Like they think I'm stupid and I just, absolutely, it hurts my feelings. Totally. Same. Me and my ex did that a lot. Yeah. A lot. Like which ex? Um, my second one, okay. the, we were in a five-year relationship Yeah, and he was pretty like intelligent. He was very intelligent, yeah. but like we were sitting there like doing like IQ tests to see like which one of us had like a higher IQ and like all the time argue about something and start looking it up like uh -huh. just to see. Whereas like me and Chris can do that now like playfully, like yeah. where it's like, I really don't, I don't know. Like, like a song and then, or something, like yes, some artist. Like, I'm like, literally no, thinking that. Artist. I remember fighting because he told me that he thought I would like the song Tennessee Whiskey um, by Chris Stapleton. Oh, my, I don't know. Yes, this is my ex-boyfriend. And he started it and I was like, oh, that's um, the song by Etta James. I can't, the name's not coming to me right now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's the same song. And he's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it is. And he's like looking it up to see if it's sampled. And I'm like, it is. And so then we start arguing. He mm -hmm. goes to the other room. I'm laying in bed and read this fucking, I don't even know searching. Chris Stapleton <laughs> at all. And I'm like looking for, I think that's who sings it. Um, Girl, I don't know country. You know that. It's, I uh, but I know the song. Yeah. And it has like the 
uh, chords to like, I would rather go blind okay. uh, by Etta James. And so then I find an interview and read this whole fucking interview where he's <laughs> explaining that he was playing that song and then just started like singing over it. Yeah. And so I send it to him like, I want, yeah. And it's like, not even like, just like a fun little like silly comparison. It's like actually a fight. Like we're now in separate rooms. Yeah. Like can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's so it stupid. Is. It's so pointless. I know. And I like, she was saying that dude, I was just like, damn, I do be that person. And I guess like, I don't know why, but I just, I need that validity that, that I am right and that I'm not stupid. And I guess it just comes from like my ex gaslighting me so much and making me feel crazy and that it was never right. And like, like just on, on like, even like the most minute things, like so stupid. And he would just belittle me. And I think I just needed that power of like, I'm not stupid. I am right. But then I would take it way too far. I yeah. would get to that argument and yeah, it's just crazy. I think we're about to have to go to the next. So hold on. It would just make me go crazy. And I just, I mean, we would fight and fight. And that's how my abusive ex, like, would just argue for the sake of arguing. And I would just fall for it every time. Yeah. And it's like, no matter how badly I was like, I just don't want to argue today. Like, dear God, can we please just not argue? Can we have five minutes of where we don't disagree and if we do disagree do we have to argue about it can we just like let it go like you're not gonna change my mind i'm not gonna change yours and you know okay maybe you need to feel right maybe you need you need some validity and so that's something that i need to work on as well like sometimes your partner just needs that validity of like or that feeling of i am smart maybe they're going through it and i don't recognize it right and i just make it about me and it's like, that's, that's not good either. Like I need to look inwardly and be like, okay, like let them have this. Like, it's not that important. Yeah. Let them, let them have this win. Like may, they may need this win way more than you need to be right. Right. Absolutely. I can, yeah, I agree with that. Like it's hard. Cause I don't want to say that, but I know, I know that's what the right answer is, but I, I want to be right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it also just, like, depends on the dynamic of your ex. Like I said, for instance, like, Chris and I will, like, kind of do that. Like, I don't know. I think it's this. I think it's that. But we don't have this, like, competitive dynamic where it's like, no, you're fucking stupid. Like, I know what I'm talking about. It's like a healthy, like, it's like healthy. It's like joking around. Yeah. It's not like an actual. Or even, like, trying to figure it out together. Like, who cares? Like, like, just to know. The more you know. Yeah. And it's fine. I think that's, and that's healthy. Like, I I wish I could be like that, but I, for me on my journey, I am not there yet. So for me, I have to be like, okay, I can't do that. But I, yeah. I would like to be able to do that. And even my parents, like they'll do that sometimes. And it's usually like with music, they're like, okay, who is this? And they're like, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And then they'll call my uncle and be like, oh, okay, I was right or whatever. But it's like fun for them. Right. So I definitely agree. The dynamic definitely it's like dependent on the yeah. dynamic of the situation. It's like at some point, like, it's like you don't even like your person anymore. Yeah. And so then you're just like fighting with them. And that's always been like the most craziest thing that like I think about, which I've obviously participated in. Yeah. But I'm like, this is a person that I am actively choosing to be in my life, to yeah, be right. in a romantic relationship with. Mm-hmm. Yet, like, I don't fuck with them. I'm just like, 
I don't even fucking like you. And <laughs> I've been there. It's crazy. Like, why do you, like, why, why put yourself through that? Yeah. It's literally an option. Just like, <laughs> get out. <laughs> this is a buffet. If I don't want that, I'm going to go into the next one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what else so do we have? Um, I'll kind of skip some other stuff because we've kind of already touched base. And then the third one is power of choice and talks about impulsive behavior. Oops. Oopsies. Oh, oh. I'm guilty to the hundredth percent. Um, so it talks about how, uh, how we react when something happens. Our BPD brains jump straight to reaction. Uh-huh. We don't think we react and it's, I hate it. Me too. And I, I work on it every day same like today <laughs> and you know what and you were successful weren't you i was you and were. i used to not be like that at all like i would just jump the fucking mm-hmm. shit i was so i would get i could take the most minuscule thing and it all started with my first boyfriend yeah. and then then not having trust issues with him so, or having trust issues with him right. so then by my second boyfriend who i believe has like never cheated on me or did anything like that but like i remember there was this time i was at work and he and i were texting and he told me he was at buffalo wild wings and at this point i'm like in my 20s i'm like 20 maybe 21 mm-hmm. and i'm like well, why the fuck are you at buffalo wild wings and he's like well me and my brother and like his girlfriend are eating here and i flipped the fuck out i walked out of my job and just like took off walking because that was like my reaction to be like oh you're going out without me like a crazy bitch and things like that would happen all of the time where i would just like get mad get angry like that reactionary shit and then he and i struggled with some physical abuse not as much as like well i don't know with that one it was like we were fighting each other abuse is abuse is abuse no matter which way you look at it exactly so it's like oh you're pissing me off now because he was also kind of impulsive yeah so like i'll never forget the first time it happened he was like not answering his phone and i'm like just answer your phone it's a bill collector you make money so just start a payment plan and then he starts getting snippy with me the way that like earlier i felt like chris was talking and it wasn't even that mean but it was just like snippy yeah and I don't like that. You feel like so you're being then attacked. I'm like, oh yeah, like don't talk to me like I'm fucking stupid. Blah 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 blah. And then he it's calls, like full circle. Yeah. All so over. then he calls me a crazy bitch. So oh, I, I'm gonna show you crazy on, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> and I jumped on him. This guy was six foot four. I jumped on him, and I was like, oh, you want to see a crazy fucking bitch? I want to show and you. And I like pour like a fucking Dr Pepper on his head. But then he's just matching my energy and pours shit on me too. And so then I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Like over the tiniest thing. Yeah. And Chris and I had some issues in the beginning because I was um, an alcoholic. <laughs> and so was he. But I also had trust issues with him. But the thing is, I chose to forgive him for these things. Yeah. But then whenever I felt like it, I would just tap back into, I don't trust you. I don't fuck with you. Like you're not on my side, yada, yada, yada. And then be like, actually just get the fuck out of my house. Like, like a crazy, crazy bitch. Like that was my reaction to an argument. And that is so unhealthy. And I'm so very lucky that we both changed because you know, back then, like he wasn't doing his best either. He wasn't like me where he was just like, blowing up on me for no reason. No. It, he's never been that way towards me, but he's had his other issues 
that I've had to forgive and or chose to forgive yeah. for us to be together. And that's what it's about. You have to have forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, you know, there yeah. are certain things it's like, no, we're not going to do that. Exactly. But it's like, if I was randomly feeling that way, I would just start trying to like make him feel bad. Like you see like the way that you're making me feel right now is because of what you did with this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And at that point, it's just like manipulation. Like it I can just be as mean word. as I want to be and right. be as hateful as I want to be because you did this one thing this one time, blah, 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 blah. Like no girl, like then just get the, then just at that point, Go don't ahead. be with them anymore. Yeah. But I'm very lucky for all the changes that have been made and that that relationship has come with a lot of forgiveness and um, a lot of building each other up. And that's very, very key. And you said manipulation. And I've definitely, I've been in manipulative relationships and I've also been the manipulator of relationships. Like Same. And I hate that because when I'm doing it, it's like I am, I am doing the things that that person did to hurt me and make me hate myself and hate them but yet i am reciprocating the same exact thing and it's just like again it's just being in in that toxicity constantly that your brain starts to change and it's like well we make it okay we yeah. make it okay like well i don't have a choice and you made me this way you made me do this absolutely and it's it, it's bad on both sides and like i said i've been a victim and i have victimized and I hate saying that because it's so embarrassing because I'm really, I would like to think I'm a really good, loving and forgiving and nice person. You are. But like, I also have, you know, bad tendencies and like very bad, I have bad habits and I'm just trying so hard to break them. And I will say with the sobriety, it has helped me immensely to grow in those areas. Whereas before, you know, I'm drunk. I don't give a shit. I'm yeah, not going to work on myself. I don't, no I don't give a damn. Control. I don't give a damn. I exactly. don't care. Yeah. So now it's like, no, like this reaction to this and this blow up and this manipulation and da 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 da, it goes both ways. It's two way straight. If you don't want that done to you, do unto others as you would have you know them do to you. And it's just very textbook, very plain Jane, basic, but it's true. It is. I was actually uh, working on that <clears throat> borderline um, Book? workbook. Yeah. You like it? And oh, I love it. But like one of the things that really sat and resonated with me, it's like a it's like a domino effect. And by the end of it, mm -hmm. the example being used was like being sick. Um, so feeling like you are loved only that's when you receive the most love is whenever you're sick. And I remember doing that to my mother, whenever mm -hmm. uh, trigger warning, self-harm, like I would self-harm mm -hmm. at this point, the school knew. And so they'd contacted my mother. I was on medication and then the evil stepdad would come back around. They were no longer together, but he'd come back around. And like, I would tell her like, well, that makes me want to do this. Yeah. And then she's like, so are you telling me like, I can't even like, he can't even be around or you're going to do that. And at Absolutely. the time, yeah, I was like, yes. But because I felt love whenever I was hurt. Mm -hmm. And when she finally believed that I was hurt, because yeah. for a while, you know, she thought it was like just a temperamental act that I didn't right. like, there was no mental health in like my family. Teenage, just teenage yeah. Well, it was like all my family is like religious. It was like very, uh, I remember being told I was like oppressed by a demon and you know, it wasn't mental health. It was not yeah. that ever until the school got involved. Yeah. And so that sickness can go into something else like alcoholism. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're going to piss me off. 
that's fine. I'm going to get fucking wasted. You did this. And it's like, no, I did that. Like power of choice. And it's hard, especially with, especially with borderline personality disorder, because in those moments you are like, you almost like go back into a childlike state of like, I'm weak. I'm vulnerable. I don't have control over the situation. Hence, like, you know, like children throw temper tantrums to get either the attention of the adult or they're reacting this way because they don't know, they don't, they don't have the vocational whatever to express themselves in a way like, this is how I feel. This is how I hurt because they're children. And it's like with BPD, we revert back to that very primal state as a child. Yeah. And it's like our brain never fully developed in a way to where we can handle situations healthily. Right. And it also, you know, stems from childhood. Like how, how was your childhood home? How were your parents to you? And it, it, it does stem from that. But with the power of choice and free will, we have the power to change that. We have the power to change ourselves, how we, how we view things, how we react to things. Yeah. It is not easy by it's not. any means. And I'll be the first person to tell you, I struggle with it daily. Yeah. It's very hard. But I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to treat another human being like that ever again. Like, I understand, you know, with relationships, you're going to fight. That's just basic, you know. Of course. But the way that I would fight with my relationships is toxic. I would fight to the bitter end. Like, it was a battle and I was going to win. Every time. No matter what. It would be a bloodbath before I would give up. Yeah. And all it does is exhaust you, exhaust yourself, exhaust your partner. Like, and there comes a point where the other person, they may be a really good person and they may do little things that you don't like that in the end, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but they're so tired of you and, and your episodes that they leave and they have every right. And that's been most of my relationships. Like they get exhausted with me and my anger and my temperament and my reaction. Yeah. That hell yeah. I wouldn't want to stay around my, like I wouldn't want to be with me either. Yeah. And it's like, I, I can't be mad at them. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then other situations where they did it to me as well. And it's just like, it's just toxic. And it's like finding those red flags. It's like, I am no longer going to be that way. So the next person that I date, if they start to show those signs and those things, I'm going to make the choice of I'm not going to be with you because I'm not going to have that in my life because I've chosen how I'm going to be. And I know exactly what I deserve and what I like the respect. And we're going to reciprocate that respect toward each other. We're not going to just fight to fight. Exactly. And, you know, whatever. Um, I also know, like, for me personally, there was a lot of victimization. Yes. Um, very much. And it, uh, there was always issues with the boys like, okay, this one cheated or this one, whatever. But then I would use that to consistently victimize myself as to why I'm now acting the way I'm acting because yes, they did this to exactly. me. Exactly. And you put it on your new partner. Yeah. And there's been times where I've had boyfriends. They're like, you always compare me to your ex. I'm like, it would just be like little things and it would just trigger me and like remind me of it. And it's like, well, I want you to understand, like, it hurt me. And then you're doing it. And then this is why I am the way that I am. And you're causing me to be this way. And it's like, to an extent, yes. Okay. To an extent, yes. Okay. That is, has some validity, but it's also not fair to them. It's because not, Because yeah. they, they aren't your ex. Right. And to automatically assume that you're going to cheat. And I've, 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 I've been that person where I'm, oh my God, you're going to cheat on me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
and they've yeah. never done anything to, to, to do that. Yeah. But because of past situations, I, I just, as exactly as immediately where my brain goes to, and I put my old bullshit onto them and it's so unfair and unkind. Yeah, absolutely. So fucking unfair. It is. So unkind. It is. It's ugly. <laughs> and I know that I'm doing it, but it's like I can't stop. Yeah. And that's where, you know, borderline personality disorder really, it's hard to be in a relationship with people that have BPD. Totally. But it's not impossible because you and I both, like, you're married. And yeah. And you guys are working on things. Like, you guys obviously, you guys are, like, living proof that if you make and take the action to change that it can get better. Right. And it's not going to stay that way forever. And that there is hope and that there is a silver lining that we are going to work through this together. Yeah. I'm going to have some bad days, but the bad days are going to get less and less. And my reaction and my anger are slowly going to dissipate to where it's, it's not an issue anymore. And it doesn't, it's not going to define me. It's not going to define our relationship. Exactly. And I think like even carrying those issues into your new relationship isn't necessarily like, always a bad thing as long as you're having that conversation with them about why you feel the way that you do instead of making it into a fight. Exactly. It's communication. It's exactly. all about communication. And like you, like today you, you both communicated. I didn't know what he was saying, but I could tell like you communicated exactly what you felt. And that's what one of the, like the, the uh, anger and love says, say what you need to say. Yeah. Don't, don't add all this other shit. Don't, you've forgiven them about something in the past don't bring it back in right say what you need to say in a kind manner in a communicative manner and then let the peace be there exactly oh my god it's so much better that way it is and i saw i saw it firsthand today the growth with you guys and it was incredible and especially with what i what i listened to on this podcast it was i don't know it's like um what is that word it was serendipitous it's very serendipitous yeah, absolutely. I'm so yeah. Glad. I'm Thank gonna, you. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> so the last little things we're going to talk about from that last, the anger, uh, love and anger from borderline to beautiful is we may feel attacked. Even if we weren't, we need to stop and think, am I being attacked or am I overreacting? And that's my biggest thing that I've worked on is like stopping, stop, stop saying, stop talking and think, about the situation is it worth it if it's not let it the fuck go yeah if it if it is worth it discuss it in a calm and civilized manner without yeah. arguing and fighting and nitpicking and then the other thing is stop feeding into the emotional intensity which is really hard for us yeah because we are very intense people we love very strongly we argue very strongly <laughs> Yeah. Every emotion is very intense for us. Yeah. But we can work on it and we are working on it. Exactly. And it talks about this emotional intensity. It's dysfunctional for recovery, as we both know. And like I said earlier, it's exhausting for you and your partner. And if you love that person, they're going to have faults. They're not going to be perfect. Now, there is a difference between a very toxic person that has nothing beneficial to give to you and it's only going to basically just be a leech and take your happiness and everything you have to offer. Yeah. And then, then there's people who they're not perfect and they're working on themselves too. And you want forgiveness. Well, they need forgiveness too. Like you said earlier, forgiveness is the key. 
Exactly. And it's hard to forgive sometimes. It is hard. It's easier said than done because I, that's essentially what I did with Christopher, like just said I forgave him, yeah. but I obviously hadn't because I would continue to yeah. bring shit up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a place where if something does happen in my mind, this happened just recently, like last week, where something does happen in my mind, where mm-hmm. I begin to question, right. then I can just ask him the question and tell him like, this is why it made me think this mm-hmm. because well, you're like, you're well-dressed and then you're going to go, um, like you, you brought me this like surprise food, which he does a lot. Like buying food is like his love language, but then I'm really like, <laughs> yeah, but then I'm like, but you know, you don't ever go eat by yourself. No. And then this and that, like just question after question. And then he gets defensive because he's like, I've proved to you so many times yeah. that I am not doing anything to you. But we still managed to just have the conversation right. and it not blow up. Whereas before it would have blown up. Yeah. Out of, and way then out of I just start like calling him names and just crazy, crazy shit. And it stuck forever. And we said last time, like words resonate. And those words that are spoken out loud, those vibrations literally go on forever. And, you know, forgiveness is hard. And sometimes when you say, like, I forgive you, sometimes it really does take time to really settle in to your heart. Like, okay, no, I really do forgive you. Yeah. And, like, saying that you forgive someone, and I'm guilty of it, and then bringing up past shit, it's like, well, did you actually forgive them? Yeah. Or did you just say it to make the peace so you could just move on? And then whatever. And it's like... That's one thing I have to work on is if I say that I forgive you, I need to let it go because I will hyper fixate on things and then something small like that will happen. And then it goes, I revert back to my old ways of, or like my old relationships. I'm like, well, this is what they did. So this is what you're going to do. And it's like, that's so unfair. It's like, they didn't do anything and they haven't done anything. And it's like, that's a you problem. Not a them. That's a you problem that you you need to fix. And it's like, you need to calm the fuck down. You calm down, for one. And like, you know, kind of distance yourself until you can kind of get that calm and like, you know, like let's become to a reasonable situation in conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> and for me, sometimes that, it takes me a while to calm down. Yeah. And I'll tell them, I'm like, I need you, to, I just need some space because if not, I'm going to say some ugly, hateful things. Yeah. And then I'm going to regret and that's going to stick with you. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I just need some space. Yeah. To like calm down and think, okay, let's look at the whole picture. What did you do wrong? What did he do wrong? And talk about it. Talk about both faults because most time people, both people are at fault. Yeah. And you know, I'm sorry that I reacted this way. I'm sorry this. And they apologize. And it's like, okay, we've forgiven. The peace has been made. Let's move on. Let's, you know, bury that. Unless, you know, it continues and then that's a completely different, totally different story. Absolutely. It's like with my first ex, I never did forgive him and he cheated on me multiple times that I know about. I'm sure there was, there was more than, I'm sure there's even probably more than that, but it's like, I was just so attached to him that I'd stay with him, but I never forgave him. I just increasingly began hating him more and starting fights about, like, it was never about whatever the fuck the fight was about. Yeah. Like if 
And that's what it talks about is like half the time the fight, like we, as BPD, we don't separate the situation from a reaction. You just need to listen to these episodes are really, really good. But it talks about that. Yeah. It's exactly. like I'm, I'm not fighting about whatever, like you forgot to give me something or anything like that. I'm, fighting I'm about talking, I'm fighting about the fact that I can't fucking stand you anymore. I never actually forgave you. Yeah. And you're cheating, lying, piece of shit. And yeah. how dare you? Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, then why stay? Because Just, yeah, we have such attachment issues and we have the fear of ab- abandonment. That's a key, key thing with borderline. Oh, yeah. Is the... Even when it's made up. Even, exactly. And I am a big person of... I'll take something very minuscule and I will blow it up in my head because, like, that's what you do. You create these fake scenarios and it's just like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, you love this person. They haven't done anything wrong. Like, you know... But again, past situations, they tend to follow you and it's, you know, you've been broken and like, even though you can heal to an extent, that memory is still there and that hurt is always going to be there for a little bit and you can get freedom from it. But like I said, words resonate there forever. Even if you ask forgiveness, you know, that memory is still going to be there regardless. Totally. And it's, and it is hard. And like I said, I've been guilty and then I've been the victim as well and it's, it's really looking inwardly and saying, okay, let's not make this about the other person. Let's make this about me. What can I do to better myself? And if I'm bettering myself and doing the right things and right actions, and it still continues, that's when it becomes, okay, it's no longer me. It is you. And we do need to separate because it's not going to change because you're not willing to change, but I am. Absolutely. You know? But you said something else, and I was gonna. It was really good. I don't remember what you said. Hmm. I don't know. You've been making really, really good points. Really oh, thank you. Points. I've I'm, been a crazy bitch in all my relationships. I mean, I have two to an extent, <laughs> like, and a lot of the times it's because that's how I feel. Like I said, I feel like I'm being attacked, even though I'm not. Yeah. And like, or if my boyfriend just disagrees with me on something little, it's like. Well, how dare you disagree with me? Like you and Chris with Lana and Delbert, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but like, those aren't ever like really like, for real. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. But for me, it's like, it is real. And it is like, and it's like, they're not attacking you. Like they're allowed to disagree with you. Yeah. And you know, like I've had some really good, healthy relationships that I ruined, but then I've also been in really toxic relationships where I allow the other person to literally just control me and my emotions. And I let them like, I let them make me be crazy. And then it's like, well, they made me do this. So I'm justifying it. And either both, both parts are bad. Both are wrong. Yeah. But you know, it is hard to be in a relationship with someone with BPD, but it's not impossible. It's not. No. Especially like we're healing and we are making huge strides, huge strides in sobriety, hands down, has been at least for me, and this is my, this is just me saying this has been a key factor in me and my developmental growth with recognizing these things and the willingness to change. Exactly, I'd say like as um, troubling as it has been having BPD and alcoholism, um, it like once you are aware of that and you're working on it, it it's so great for a relationship, even if you don't have BPD and alcoholism, yeah, exactly. because that might just be the way people 
are in their relationship anyway. They're right. just arguing that someone's always mad at the other one. And there's all this crazy shit. Yeah, but you don't like, have to have BPD to do this. Yeah. And we're over here working on ourselves, mm -hmm. which in turn makes things better in our relationships with others. And, and with ourselves, like it does. Absolutely. Like you got to work inwardly before you work outwardly. Like, you know, you can't expect your partner to change and do all these things that you want them to do until you make the change yourself. And that's the hardest part. Not impossible by any means, as I've seen today in full, full, full picture with Sarah, like I'm going to look at that example forever. And that's exactly how I want to be. Like I, I look up to you after that. That's like, that's how I want to be. Yeah. I want to be like Sarah and Chris that they talk about it. They for ask for forgiveness. They say they're sorry. And I love you. Yeah. And, and that's just asking like, do you understand why I felt this way whenever you did that? Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, yes, actually I do. Being but in the moment you're being stubborn. Yeah. And then afterwards it's like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. And he told me like, I was, <clears throat> just being a sour patch kid like sorry like we just woken up woken up from a nap neither yeah. one of us are very nice when we wake up from now uh, i don't think anybody's <laughs> i'm always grouchy <laughs> right and so then it was just like yeah that wasn't something worth fighting over like yeah. pick and choose your battles my mom always told me that pick and choose your battles totally but yeah i mean communication for sure like making sure the other person understands where you're coming from and like saying what you need to say don't love overall don't bring all this other shit into the mix because it's not important Say what you need to say in a kind and loving manner and communicate that in a kind and loving manner. Absolutely. And that's how you have healthy relationships. I mean, Sarah and Chris are prime example. Like I've seen it. Both yeah. of you guys are, you know, working on yourselves and I can see it and I know others can see it. And like, we're all rooting for you guys because we love you. Yeah. You know, we don't want anything bad. Yeah. We want the best for y'all individually and together. Yeah, absolutely. Like in the beginning, when we first got together, like people were like, why? Like, mm -hmm. why would y'all choose to be together? Like, because we'd had a situationship for some years, you know? Yeah. And it was always very toxic. And it was just like, why? Why? Like, nobody was really rooting for us until they saw how good we could be together. Right. But we could also be really bad together because that wasn't really when I was working on myself. Yeah. And now it's just, he's like my greater good. Like, yeah. I call him for anything right. and just be like, I can tell him like, look, I'm having these bad thoughts in my head or whatever. And he's there to help me bring them back down. And that's incredible. So, yeah. And I, with that, I feel like, you know, situationships, which I've been in plenty, um, especially like when you're young and whatever, especially when you're, especially when you're young, the emotional intelligence, it comes later on in life, like through life experiences and you know like when you're young you're dumb you don't know what a real relationship is you don't know how to be mature and and deal with adult things with a partner and i feel like the older you get especially with growth and recovery and self-love that emotional intelligence starts within and then goes outward and same thing with your partner they may not be exactly where you are on that recovery or mental health journey or self-love journey but give them time because the emotional intelligence comes with time. That communication comes with time, that self-love and recovery. Everybody is on their own timeline and you can't expect them to be there with you. But if the actions are there and you guys are seeing the positivity and the difference in it, 
yeah, stick with it. If you love that person and you guys are willing to work together on yourselves individually and together, why not stick with it? Because I, I feel like that's very rare in today's society. Everybody just gives up. Yeah. I'm just quick to give up. And I'm guilty of that too. It's like when I get mad, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be with you. Get out. Get the fuck out. I don't love you anymore. And it's it's also kind of like a protection for me. Yeah. It depends like how I protect myself so I don't get hurt. Yeah. But in the end, I'm just hurting myself and my like potential people that I could be with. Exactly. Because so many times that person that you've chosen in your life, which is kind of opposite of what I said earlier, but I mean, there's one way or there's the other, yeah. but they are the person that makes you the happiest. Uh -huh. They're the person that brings you joy, who you just want, who you seek comfort in. So whenever you're like attacking the shit out of them and want them to get the fuck away, it, but then you're just upset because you Hurt them. want them. Yeah. yeah and you, then it's like, you're mad, but I want you to be here, but I'm still mad. It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. It's uh, very strange. And I don't understand it because I'm the same way. I'm like, get the fuck out. Get out of my house. And then I'm mad. Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you text me? Well, because I just told you to get the fuck out of my house. And I said all these ugly things. Like, I wouldn't want to talk to you either. Like, yeah. hell. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's, it's, again, it's just we are very temperamental. We are very reactive. But I think that you and I both have changed a lot. And even now I really try to stop and think like with friends or family members, like, okay, would I want to, would I want that person to do that to me? No. Right. Then I can't do it to them because then I am no better than them when they treat me that way in that situation. Exactly. And it's just perpetual toxicity. It doesn't do, it doesn't fix anything. Exactly. At all. It doesn't fix anything. It just, He's gone going with the same bullshit. <laughs> right. And that's where like I feel like honesty comes in so much too. Because I wasn't mm -hmm. I wasn't always honest with my first two boyfriends. But yeah. I can say with Chris, even like the most uh, gut-wrenching, humiliating things, I have been one hundred percent honest with him with everything. And that comes with forgiveness because mm -hmm. it's like things I'm like, I promise I'm not ever gonna do that, and then I do. And then he forgives me yeah. just as I've forgiven him. And it all stems from honesty because one little lie just goes into more and more and more and more and more lies. And it's just, and that's not how you want to be. You want to no. be honest. Yeah. And like with forgiveness, it's like, yeah, we need forgiveness and honesty. And it's, you know, how can I entrust you with important things if I can't be honest and you can't be honest and, it comes with a lot of vulnerability and yeah. there's times like, you know, like you are vulnerable with a partner for a long time and then they turn around and hurt you in the way that you told them that things that have hurt you. And it makes you want to build a wall of like, well, I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be tough and strong. And, yeah. and they're trying to break through this brick wall and it's like, do, do they deserve to have to go to that immense, like, immense whatever immense like action to get to you right and it's like yes guard yourself always like always protect yourself but don't be so guarded that people can't come into your life and love you because you never know the next person you date like is going to be willing to be there for you and be that rock and and willing to let you be vulnerable and then be vulnerable with you and it's a two-way street <laughs> but i don't know like I said, I've had some good relationships and then I've had some really toxic ones 
And like I said, they've been guilty just as much as I've been guilty. And right. It's recognizing those bad behaviors, those impulsive emotions and reactions and saying, no more. We're done. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. And really solidifying in our mind, like, this is, this is not how I'm going to be. I don't want to be like this. But I'm also not going to put up with that in a partner as well. Right. You have to be on that same page. Exactly. So there is hope. Whether you have BPD, like Sarah said earlier, you don't have to have it. You know, relationships are hard and people are going to fight. But if you love that person, like, you got to forgive them, even if they're wrong. Even if they are wrong, it's better to just forgive and let go to an extent. There are certain things it's like, no, cut off point. But I mean, I've seen Sarah and Chris and that right there alone gives me hope that, yeah, I'm going to find my person even with all my shit. Like, but first I know that I have to work on myself before, before diving in, at least me personally, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. For sure, sure, maybe. For for sure, sure not. (laughs) 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 But I hope that wasn't too intense, guys. Like, you know, just keeping it real. Keeping it real, no BS, and just talking about our experiences and how how it can be for us and the the journey that we are going to be on probably for our entire lives. Yeah. But there's hope. There's hope. And you have to put a lot of pride down. You have to put a lot of pride, pride down. And, and that's hard because I've got yeah. a lot of pride. For as much of a shit show as I've been my whole entire life. Like, why do I have pride in my life? Like, why am I such a prideful bitch? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. But it's like, okay, shut the fuck up. Agree to disagree. Disagree. Just let it go. Just let it go. Move forward. It's not. Like, there's certain, it's just not worth it. It really isn't. And if you don't like them, dump them. Yeah, just just get out of it. (laughs) And I feel like it's very hard because me... I like, I'm afraid to be alone again because you get so comfortable in those situations, like in those relationships. Yeah. It's like the thought of being alone, even though it's so fucking toxic and I hate myself, I hate them. It's like that addiction of like, I don't want to be alone. And it's like, I would rather stay in that to, to avoid feeling alone. And it's like, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. So stupid. Because I've seen you go from like your last relationship to now. And although like you were happy with that person sometimes, and like you enjoyed because you you love to love and you love to give and yeah. be like uh, you're very much like cater to you type person. But seeing you go from that to now in your singleness, like you are so much happier and yeah. you're not constantly like not to say constantly, but like as if it was all the time. But it was a lot consistent. of the time you yes you were consistently um, calling me yeah. uh, or complaining to me about or crying this hate or, or anger and like these like blown up text messages and stuff like that. And like, you are not in that anymore. Yeah. And that's not to blame either of you. No. It's just that it was, just it wasn't a compatible exactly. relationship. Thank you. And that makes for sure. Really good. Absolutely. <laughs> and how much like better and stronger that you are right now and how much better and stronger you will be for the next one. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> I love you. Hugs. I sometimes I, I just need to hear that. Like I'm absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Thank you. Yeah, that, means, that means a lot. You're to me. a very great big lover. You really, truly are, and you'll make an amazing 
wife someday if that's what you want or an amazing girlfriend like you really will you are such thank you an amazing amazing person who just loves wholeheartedly but you know we have our faults we all have our shortcomings and unfortunately for us (laughs) ours are what they are but that doesn't mean that that's the end of it all that doesn't mean that we're hopeless Thank you. At all, of course. Yeah, Thank you, of guys. Course. I'm crying over she here. I'm crying. <laughs> crying. But it's so true. Friar <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> the best wifey material. And I can cook really good. <laughs> she can cook really good. I can cook She's in a cafe. cooked for me so many times. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Of course. Because I definitely, you know, with past things, it. I will say I have a lot of helplessness sometimes. I do. I feel like I'm never going to get my chance. Like I was engaged and it didn't work out. And then I felt like a loser. And I just, you know, into down to that negative VPT feeling of I'm worthless. I'm unlovable. I hate myself. Like they, if like, you know, if they can't love me, why would I love myself? And it's just like, yeah. It's like, it's so bad to think that way, but it's so easy to fall into that way of thinking truly i know it's not true i know deep down it's not true but it's it's, not you kind of it's just you get into your head and you tell yourself all these ugly lies and i hate it yeah like why am i not good enough yeah um yeah that like if they can't love me like why would anybody love me or like exactly cheating things like that it's like you feel like okay well why wasn't i good enough like why didn't anything i do like, why was that not good enough? But the fact of the matter is that's, like, nine out of ten times not even the fucking issue. It's, it's not you. It's just, not you. It's, it's, that's a them problem. Exactly. That they need to figure out. Yeah, and, like, they're going through, obviously, some shit. It's, like, you know, whatever happened to them as a child, and that's one thing I really have been trying to work on. It's, like, in certain situations, it isn't me, but I take it as me, and it's not – that's not self-love. And that's not giving myself a fighting chance or forgiving myself for certain things. It's like, it's not my fault. And I cannot fix that person. And it's not my responsibility to fix that person. And it's just like, yeah, sometimes just with my, with my last, I just came to the conclusion we are not good for each other. And that's okay. Yeah. We have our both have our own shit. And we just weren't compatible and we're like, like we're chill now, which like I would prefer than to have, you know, perpetual hatred and stuff. It just, it doesn't do anything for your self growth or self love. Exactly. But I came to the point where I was, like, I was really on this self love journey of like, I need to love myself to let go. Yeah. And to focus on myself and understand I'm not perfect, but we're working on ourselves. And yeah, that's where I'm at. And that's why I'm single. And like, that's why I haven't dedicated Cause I, I want to have full self love and, you know, really dig deep down on this PPD like recovery journey. That way the next relationship that comes around, it is healthy. And I don't do these past horrible habits that I have allowed to do for years and years and years. Right. So, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we got a little deep. Let's talk about something happy. Happy. Okay, what made you happy today? Oh my gosh! So I started off having horrible anxiety today. Yeah, and I took Same. A, I took like a little nap, and like I got I wasn't gonna get ready, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna look cute today. Like I'm not going to let this anxiety control me. So I got dressed cute, and I wore one of my new outfits, 
and I'm listening to music. And then I started listening to this podcast, like, you know, just whatever to just um, get the key points for today. And then as soon as Sarah and I got in the car, I was like, oh my God, we're bumping in sync. We got yeah. our soda shack and I was fine. Yeah. But like, I was like, okay, instead of wallowing in my pity, let's be a bad bitch and get cute. Exactly. Like, yeah. And so here I am and I'm in a great mood, no anxiety. Like I'm chilling with my totally. best friend talking about emotional deep shit, but I'm okay. Like, yeah. I'm okay. Like I'm good. Fine. Yeah. I'm great. And like, even though it was deep, I'm happy and I'm good and we're great. And it's just like, no, we're fine. We're on this journey. We're on yeah. this journey. There's going to be ups and going to be downs, but I'll tell you, I've had a lot more ups recently for sure. Yeah. What about you, baby girl? Shoot. So today oh. um, was mine and Chris's two-year anniversary <laughs> from the day he proposed to me. Anna! So, so that just immediately feels good. And then, you know, we took our dogs to the vet. Little Norman got microchipped. And it was so cute because, like, he was, like, barking and being crazy. Um, but <laughs> he could not feel his shots because they were putting whipped cream in front of him. <laughs> because... Hey, you know what? These doctors know. The vets know. They ain't yes. stupid. Yes, and then we took them to the doggy bakery and got them some treats. And so then Chris and I went to nothing but cakes and mm. then got um, a little dessert for us. Treat yourself, girl. Treat yourself. And then we got um, some food and then we just ate, watched TV. I took a nap and then woke up, went to Soda Shock with my BFF Briar. Duh. And... Yeah, it's just, it's a good day. I'm in a good mood. I yeah. feel good. My new Lana Del Rey shirt so came in. So fucking cute. It says Lana Del Rey. Oh my gosh. She's on a motorcycle. It's we have to tell them that we were both listening to the same song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is how I know I hang out with Sarah too much. She's, um, I don't want to say brainwashing me, but she's making me <laughs> join slowly but surely the Lana Del Rey cult. We were both listening to the song Pepper. And I told her, I was like, listen to this song that I was listening to earlier. She's like, bitch, this was the last song I was listening to, too. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm officially part of the cult. Yes. I, like, pulled up from my phone. I'm like, this was, like, I was just showing this <laughs> to my sister last night. Like, it's so, dead. so good. So, um, yeah. That's been what I've been bumping still. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, the intro, I was like, oh, my God, this is a good intro. And then I was, like, listening. I was like, is this Lana? And I was like. She's done it. She's she's, she's done wrote it. me in onto the Lana Del Rey side. That's right. But yeah, even even when it's if we have bad days or even you know little minor conflicts throughout the day, we make choices to combat that. And that's a big thing with BPD is don't wallow in it. Be a bad bitch. Get dressed up, even if you don't want to, because when you're done. You look cute. You feel good about yourself. You resolved any conflict in a peaceful manner. And you love each other. And, like, that's honestly, that's the best way to do things. Yeah. And that's how you have a great day, regardless of situations prior to. For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure, me. For sure, not. But, yeah. Totally. Wow. I think it was, was good. This was, this was a good one. A little deep, but I think it's important to be deep. Yeah. And real. No BS. No, no BS. BS. None. None. So I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Yeah. I still feel like I could go talking forever. Maybe we'll like record our next one today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. We we'll finally be... got the ambassador ads thing going. Yeah. So guys. we need to figure that out. So you'll start okay, hearing some ads on our end. 
Um, but yeah, until next time, don't be don't BS yourself. yourself. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.